Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with a guest. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have foreground as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is Jordan. Hey there. This character won't phase you because we're talking about Shadow Cat. Oh, cool. Shadow Cat. Yeah. So, um, what do you know about Shadow Cat? She's had several names over the years, at, such as, I think Ariel was one and Sprite was another. Yep. And at this point, she's going by Shadow Cat, because I think that's her f- second or third name. Real name's Kitty Pride, and she's like one of the later generation of X-Men, like after Colossus and them joined, I think. Uh, she was a point of view character before Jubilee. Yeah, yeah, she was supposed to be the the teen relatable character that everyone got got used to before Jubilee started up. So, in fact, in fact, uh, I remember there was a very early X Men cartoon pilot that they did where they even went to like Asteroid M, and it was Kitty Pride and had like uh, Nightcrawler and all the other things in there. And I, Pride of the X Men, I think, because I remember I remember one of my favorite parts of that was. Nightcrawler trying to get through the asteroid and the blob was there. He's like, you can't get past me. He's like, go. And he's like, there's nothing can move me. And Nightcrawler's like, I'm not going to even try. And just teleported right past him. Yeah, this was right before Dazzler showed up for the first time. Wow. So her first, this there's a couple of like real like standout episode issues. Yeah, she was like the first like teen girl apprentice that Wolverine took in. Who, like, One in the long line of many. Yeah, and, like and like as as salacious as that sounds, like he's a really good mentor. Yeah, he, I mean, like if if you if you look at it as like he's mentoring uh new new people to be better heroes. Yeah, it's 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 you know he's he's like how he's pretty ageless, so he's gonna do it a lot. Yeah, I think the latest one, uh, the last one I remember was uh, armor. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a new one nowadays. Wasn't there like one? I remember like a couple of panels where Armor's like, "Can I help?" And he's like, "Are you beer?" <laughs> yeah, but but uh, this is a, one of her worst costumes, if you would describe it. Okay, so she's wearing a very puffy pirate jacket kind of thing. Might be leather, I can't tell. But then she's also wearing that over like spandex and a leotard kind of thing yep and she's just got it tied together with a cloth belt and then she's just wearing a domino mask to hide hide her face her name is uh, Catherine kitty pride that's pride with a y she is a student and adventurer as a secret identity at the moment yeah she did go by ariel and sprite um, she was born in Deer Deerfield, Illinois. Ah, such a Midwestern sounding uh, town. Goes, she lives and works with the X Men. So her first appearance was in Uncanny X Men one twenty six. God spare the child. In uh, January nineteen eighty, and it has a nice little uh, subtitle. Uh, save us from the Knights of Hellfire. 
Oh, does that mean the Hellfire Club was involved? I think so. Like, wasn't that part of the thing? Was like one group was trying to recruit her, and and the X Men were trying to recruit her. Yeah, because uh, because Emma was Emma Emma Frost was trying to uh, make her part her of the own. Hellions. Yeah, because that always goes so well. Yeah, actually, I think her her last attempt at the Hellions actually did go okay. Yeah, because I think Mercury and. Uh, What's this? There's like oh Hellion kid. Well, yeah, the kid who because <laughs> he's not trying to suck up at all. <laughs> yeah, but like most of them were were came out of that pretty well. But that was after like that was when it was more like she was part of the Xavier school and she just had her own students and the other ones had yeah. their own groups. That's what I mean. Like she had a better support group instead of the other Hellfire Club people. Cause, cause I also remember, I also remember uh, that last group also, uh, because they were pitted against like Beast's team and Wolverine's team and stuff like that, where they all had their own little group of students. Danny Moonstar, she she got a team and she she was part of, like she got had like a kids and students she was watch, watching after too. That was actually no, that was a little bit before I'm think. Actually, you know what? I'm thinking a little later, but no, that was one. That was one era. That was the era of the New Mutants I really liked. Yeah, and it it was just before M Day too, and and the whole 198 thing too. Yeah, but uh, let's get into Kitty Pride. Okay, she was 13 and a half, living in Deerfield. I don't know why the 13 and a half makes it more endearing to me. Well, because she. Because she's not just a, she's still she's just past teenager. Yep, but she, she's not she's not automatic. You know, she's not the first year of a teenager. She's halfway through her first year of a teenager. Uh, well, she uh, started getting like a lot of uh, headaches and whatnot, but the headaches was actually a sign of her mutant powers manifesting. Man, when I was growing up and I got headaches, I was thinking, oh man, am I going to get superpowers? And it never happened. No, I actually jumped off a roof before thinking that that would, like, activate flight powers if I had them. Uh. Yeah. I never I never got my superpowers I wanted. I would have probably jumped off the roof anyway, because that's the type of kid I was, but still. Basically, Xavier was just like, boop, 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 oh, I found a mutant. Get old Cerebro. Cerebro, and then and then she was just like, hey, I'm gonna take Colossus and Storm and Wolverine and, and recruit her. And, but, but unknown to Xavier, Warhawk planted a device that enabled his employers in the inner circle of the Hellfire Club to monitor Cerebro's activities. The inner circle learned about Kitty Pride as well, so Emma Frost went to contact her, and so she became the prettiest girl at prom. Which which boy would she dance with? She had a rival school for young mutants, uh, so instead of the X Men, she had the Hellions, as we mentioned before, where she traded a uh, Hellion. So both of them approached. So both Xavier and Frost approached uh, Pride. And, uh, as the heads of private schools to recruit her, 
but none of them intended to reveal that she had a mutant, um, that they, she was a mutant and had mutant powers. Can you imagine what her parents were like when this happened? Um, I think they were actually pretty supportive of her, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, because I mean, like, two private schools are offering her scholarships to these prestigious academies that we kind of never heard of, but they look really great, and there's so many good reviews about them. And, and well, Xavier, like, Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters, because Xavier wasn't outed as a mutant yet, um, which I think is kind of shady um, for what he was doing, because... And I and like Emma Frost was actually like a well-known socialite as well, so both would actually have like a lot of prestige to them, but people wouldn't know that it was like a mutant school. They would just know it's a private school that was yeah. very um, hard to get into, quote unquote. But uh, yeah, Kitty was unaware that she had mutant powers until that afternoon. While Frost was downstairs, Kitty went upstairs and suffered her worst headache yet. She lied on her bed closed her eyes, wishing that the headache would stop, and it did. But when she opened her eyes, she was surprised to find herself lying on the floor of her living room. And, without knowing it, she used her phasing powers for the first time, and passed through her bed to the floor of the room below. Good thing she stopped there. Yeah. Well, she could have uh, phased all the way to the middle of the earth and died. That's a what if story, right? <laughs> what if what if what if Xavier had a really bad day? What if Kitty Pride just just died the first time she ever used her power? Because she has to hold her breath. Why you don't see her phase for that long most of the time? After Frost left, uh, Xavier Xavier arrived. And uh, him and his uh, trio took Kitty to a local malt shop where uh, Kitty and Storm evolved into what would become a very close friendship. I'm sorry, this is the 80s and they still go to a malt shop. That's just amazing. Well, I mean, it is Illinois. Like, they're like 20 years behind. Okay, okay. Uh, suddenly, uh, some Hellfire Club mercenaries burst into the shop and attacked the X-Men. Uh, surprised and frightened, Kitty moved out of the way and found herself passing through the wall. Landing outside, she fell unconscious. Since she was still unused to utilizing her power, she just overexerted herself. Because she was unused, she fell unconscious after fall. Okay, okay. Then then Emma used her powers to overcome the three X-Men and took them onto their uh, hovercrafts. Then, but the brave Kitty decided to snoop around the hovercraft before it took off and discovered that the X-Men were aboard as prisoners. Unwilling to desert her new friends, Storm and the others... Yeah, don't shout out Wolverine, who's going to become your mentor... She hid aboard the hovercraft, using new powers to find the captive X-Men in the uh, Frost Industries complex. And then Storm gave gave Kitty the X-Men phone number and asked her to summon help. Because <laughs> back then you needed to use a landline to call her. <laughs> she was spotted before she could dial the number, I guess, inside the compound. But using her power... She got away, and she did call, like Jean Grey. And this is 
the Jean Grey version of the Phoenix, because the Phoenix saga was still happening. Ah. So it wasn't Jean Grey, it was the Phoenix pretending to be Jean Grey while she was in the bottom of Jamaica Bay. She helps out, and then the Dazzler also helps. And then Phoenix, being just a real, real great person, uses her powers to basically erase the the surprise and rage over her daughter's disappearance out of her mother's mind because she's a good person and telepaths definitely don't abuse their powers. God. She just is just like, hey, you're not mad about your daughter anymore. And and then uh, reached into her brain and said like, yeah, you're not mad about your daughter disappearing. God. I gotta say, that's at least one thing I like about Emma Frost is that she makes no qualms that she messes with people's minds. Yeah, because it's 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 bad when anyone does it. Doesn't matter like, their intentions. Like I could, like there was, I swear there was one time when she like uh, mind control pe- like some officers to leave them alone and go. And as they're like leaving, it's like, oh, and also you will hop up and down everyone some every time someone says periwinkle. Like she just did that because because she could, and it's like, and they're just like looking. And it's like what? It's not going to really matter much. Mm. Like, like it's like it's okay. It's okay when like telepaths like use their powers to like make themselves invisible to other people. Because like that's not actively affecting their emotions. It's it's whenever you're literally reaching into someone's mind so they feel the way you want them to feel, or feel that they should feel, or feel that they should feel, which is almost the same most of the time. Like what they should, what you think they should feel, and what you want them to feel, most of the time is going to be the same. Because humans are very selfish, very selfish, even when we're doing altruistic things. There's normally a motive behind it. Basically, her mother, who was no longer mad for some reason, was impressed by Xavier, and um, then she kind of just goes off to her new boarding school. Who she also doesn't know is a paramilitary child paramilitary training. Well, like we said, it's it's a very prestigious school at this point. So she originally took the name Ariel, then took the name Sprite. No, she first took the name Sprite, then Ariel, then she went by Kid uh, Shadowcat. She uh, quickly became a valuable member of the X Men. She became really good friends with Ileana Rasputin, which, depending on your reading, she was either a really good friend or, like, a gal pal. Gals being pals. I feel like, uh, I feel like both are uh, valid interpretations. I think it also depends on what age uh, Ileana is at the time that they're hanging out, because Ileana changes ages very much. So, like, it was never, like, super explicit except in one story. And the reason why it was explicit, it was because Ileana was basically writing a Hellbeast version of her, uh, of her brother while making out with Kitty Pride and her just blasting, like, demons off the thing. That's, like, the only, I think, real explicit queer interpretation you can get. She did have a romance with uh, Colossus, 
and they were supposed to be married recently, Colossus and Kitty, but then they decided not to, and now Rogue is married to the sleaziest man on Earth, Gambit. It's dead. Okay, I will say, I don't know all all the reasons why I still like Gambit, but yes, he is very sleazy. I mean... Like he uh, he's like he's like one of the he's like a scumbag that you it's really hard to hate. Yeah, yeah. Like and like and they they keep playing back and forth whether he actually has pheromone powers, and that just makes it so much worse when he does. But like they had to. But like I feel like everyone knew that he was scuzzy in some way, so they had to make it like why does everyone like him? <laughs> so they do like pheromone powers as a secondary mutation. Because, I mean, they've done that whole Romeo and Juliet thing with him, with the Thieves and Assassins Guild oh, wait, and wait, Veldana. Wait. The Thieves and Assassins. Sorry. Thieves and, Thieves and Assassins Guild with Veldana. Uh, he helped a amnesiac DH rogue become a good pickpocket so she could survive in the streets of Ky- Cairo. Which I they actually go back to every once in a while. Storm, when, like, no, Storm and Gambit's like relationship is like real cool and I like it. Like, I like it a lot. Like, they're real good friends, and it was just because, like, it's just like, hey, this this poor child who doesn't know what's happening, I'm just gonna make her a thief. Like I am. I love that that that, that Rogue knows, or that Storm just knows how to pick locks now. Because of that. Like, it, like it just sometimes comes up. Like, she doesn't have to, like, lightning bolt it or anything. She can just use some, uh... She's real good at sleight of hand. Yeah. And pickpocketing, and, uh... Well, not. Um, so she also has a a small alien dragon-like creature, Lockheed. We talked about before. That sometimes is portrayed well, and sometimes, sometimes not. Sometimes portrayed as a sentient creature who is in love with her. In love, not like friend, platonic love. Yeah, I think right now it's just it's just a pet dragon. Yeah. Well, I think I think they kept the sentient thing, but they they kind of dropped that the whole enamored like lusting or 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 thing that that something's implied. Because I think he's an agent of he was an agent of sword for a while, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 Let's get to let's get to some of her uh, her stuff. This would actually be like kind of right before uh, right before she was in Excalibur for like a for. A, over a decade. Oh, man i I don't remember much of her Excalibur years. Pretty, pretty interesting stuff. I would definitely read it. It was like some of the better like X Men related stuff that I've read from this era. But she's uh five. She's five four. Weighs one o five. Has hazel ha- hazel eyes and brown hair. She has a normal human strength of a girl her age, height, and build who engages in moderate regular exercise. Her power is has some has some things that are like some uh some things that are interesting that aren't immediately obvious, I should say. Oh, she also has very slouchy boots. Like a rogue does in this era. Oh. Hmm. I guess that was just the like I guess that was probably like the fashionable thing at the time. I could see it. I could see it too. I, I see a lot of girls in slouchy boots, slouchy boots now. So that would be about like what thirty years ago. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, fashion tends to be on, like, a 30-year, like, uh, cycle most of the time. Um, yeah. So, she can pass through walls and objects and stuff. Uh, it's basically called phasing. And this does it for just about everything. So, any type of, like, blast hurt that comes her way that isn't magic-based or psionic-based will go through her. So, if it doesn't affect her mind... Yeah, if it doesn't affect her mind or if it isn't, like, you know, magic, it will will, uh, go through. She'll pass through objects the same rate she enters it. So, uh, because since she's unable to breathe... Since she's unable to, like, breathe while she's, uh, phased, she can only travel as far as she can hold her breath. She hasn't learned how to phase the air in her lungs with her yet. Yeah, because basically, because what she does is she phases the atom, her atoms, through other things, but since the air in her lungs are not her atoms, yeah, they phase out as well. So she doesn't, so she can't go for super long. I imagine she's probably becomes really good at holding her breath for a long time, but I can't imagine <laughs> it's for like a super long amount of time. Yeah. I know that there's some way that she can, she keeps her, mo- you know, you mentioned she keeps her momentum. Yeah. I remember one time when they've, she's had like a, a plan C getaway plan where, she doesn't keep her momentum. Like, she just completely phases through everything, and because the Earth is constantly moving at, like, you know, in the in the void of space, she will just, like, suddenly zip off, uh, like, a million, like, a million miles away, because she's not, she's not moving with the Earth anymore. Yeah. And that's kind of cool, that if, if, if worse comes to worse, she can just literally phase out of everything and let the Earth run past her to a safe spot. Yeah, and the Earth actually moves pretty quickly. I think it's like uh, several thousand miles. Which is why time travel it is usually really hard to pull off. Yep. Because you have to do space and time. Yep, that's yep, it's that's why the TARDIS is space and time. Um she can phase through any material object, including living people. But whenever she phases through like something with electrical system, it disrupts it. Um, she can also kind of phase by instinct, so it's so it's more of a reflex now. Like her flinching, her version of flinching is phasing basically. It's to be intangible. Yep, and she can use her ability to walk on air. Because basically what she's doing is, like, she's, she's, it, it's kind of flight, but not really. She can move through the atoms in, in any direction, basically. So, so up is a direction that she can phase through. She's been able to phase with her clothes pretty much the entire time. In fact, like, she's really good at, like, uh, she's really good at taking objects with her. So it's it's not it's it's more of a field than anything. So anything she touches also will phase with her if she wants it to phase with her. I think she's taken people. She's got like later on she learns how to be able to take a body with her. Yeah, like a yeah, she does. And such. 
she well since she's been with Colossus for so long, um, she's been able to she can phase someone at least as big as Colossus. But she's been able to do like with a lot of effort, like phase like the Blackbird or something with a lot of effort. But uh, but anything like super big will take take a lot more effort. A thing where she was effectively dead in the comics for a long time when with that whole or ward with a uh, break world uh, yeah. run was going on in x-men she faced a giant bullet that was pointed at the earth yeah which is like one of the most hilarious but most pragmatic ways of destroying the earth because it's just a giant hunk of metal being shot at the earth i mean it's silly to think that there's a this huge bullet that they just like pointed a gun and shot at earth and you think that it's it's absolutely hilarious to look at but in effect, that would really do a lot of damage if, if, a, if a hurling piece of metal just struck the Earth. And she phased that entire thing through the Earth. She's also, like, a really good at computer science. She's a genius, some would say. She's really agile. She has great knowledge of ninja methods of combat when she was mentally possessed by the Ronin Ogun. That's a Wolverine thing, though, right? Like, yeah, it was a Wolverine thing. Uh, so she forgot how to use a lot of it, but then Wolverine trained her to be a ninja as well. Because Wolverine is is a giant weep. Is there anything you have to say about Shadowcat besides what we talked about? No, I think I went on a couple of sides about her that might be, you know, I things people might want to look up later on. I, did she show back up in the... the we talked about New Mutants earlier and how, like, Danny and, and the Hell Lions and stuff like that. Was she around in that, in that story arc? Uh, I think so. Because I think she... Because they got a lot of the X-Men to do teaching stuff and it was kind of neat to see... It literally was nice to see, like, hi, I'm Cyclops and I'm here to teach you physics. And hi, I'm Wolverine. How to teach you about? No, I'm pretty like, sure. I'm pretty sure Cyclops taught like shop class. That's still that's still at least relatively okay. I mean, it seems well, no, but I mean, it's like the least offensive thing he probably could teach. Now, uh, Wolverine as a history teacher makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Actually, you know what? No, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, it depends on it depends on if he's brainwashed or not. Like, if he has all his memories, it makes a lot of sense. I think we're pretty much done. So what do you have to plug? Uh, I'm working on a podcast called What's McCracken? Where we and a couple of my friends watch and discuss cartoons, specifically those made by Craig McCracken, most notable person behind uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends and and, uh, the Powerpuff Girls. And we're at the moment, we're going to look at those ones too, but at the moment we're looking at uh, the, the, the series he most recently did, and that's Wander Over Yonder. Okay. My name is Jesse. I have a podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about cryptids. Um, my, uh, my cat, who is my cryptid, who has four thumbs, uh, can be seen at marvelous mooch on instagram i if you'd like to see the people we're talking about you can go to at alphabet flight on twitter or the hodgepodge facebook group on facebook 
Uh, and if you'd want, if you look at the description, you'll have uh, links to the Patreon, uh, where if I get $25 a month, I will do a, uh, a weekly a bonus episode where I talk about all the Marvel pets from the Marvel pets handbook. Um, th- this has been alphabet flight and may madcap show you how truly meaningless life is. Good night. Night.